everybody. Welcome to the Living Real Podcast. I'm Melanie Shaw, your host, as well as founder and editor-in-chief of Living Real Magazine. On the 10th of each month, I will get to introduce you to someone that I've met who has a sincere desire to live out their real faith in real life. Someone who doesn't mind sharing their struggles because they want to encourage us to stay the course. Someone who's overcome and can testify to the faithfulness of Almighty God. I'm so excited about each conversation that we're gonna have, and I pray God will use our words to bring glory to His Son, Jesus Christ. So are you ready? I know I am. Dr. David Chansey is my guest today on the Living Real Podcast. Dr. Chansey is the pastor of McDonough Road Baptist Church in uh, McDonough, Georgia. Um, He is a contributing writer for The Citizen publication, which you can find his articles at thecitizen.com. Um, he also writes for several other publications. Um, he blogs and has authored a very interesting titled book called The Day I Nearly Met Dolly, Tales of Faith, Family, and a Few Home Runs. You can get that book um, on Amazon if you are interested in checking it out. And I would suggest so because just from what he's told me already, um, I'm intrigued and I've got to buy the book. Um, I met Dr. Chansey through a Zoom conference for writers earlier this year, and he contacted me after the online workshop to inquire about doing some editing for his upcoming book project, and I was just really um, humbled that he would seek me out, and um, we have developed a, uh, a friendship over his book project, and I've also read some of his work and have listened to some of some of his um, sermons. Um, I can tell you what I've learned so far that he's passionate about God's word um, and the transformative power it has when people not only listen and obey his word, but fall deeply in love with Jesus Christ. So I'm honored to have you, Dr. Chansey, with us today, and I'm thrilled for our audience to get to hear directly from your heart. Well, thank you, Melanie, so much. And uh, I'm just uh, now, since our our March uh, meeting, uh, becoming aware of your ministry and the Living Real magazine, and I want to congratulate you guys on your 10th anniversary issue. That's a big deal, and uh, God is blessed, and I I really uh, uh, have been encouraged and edified by by what I've been able to see and read so far. Well, thank you so much. We are very excited about celebrating 10 years, and um, as we have just um, started with podcasts this year. This was our gift to our readers to add something new and fresh and uh, something to give them in between our publications. So I'm glad that you're going to be a part today. Um, I would first like for you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe your family, a little bit about your ministry, and some things that you enjoy besides pastoring. Well, certainly. Well, I'm a Georgian by birth and upbringing, but I, uh, when I was called to ministry and went to seminary, I, I went to a Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in, in Fort Worth, so I headed west and uh, did my uh, uh, master's work out there over three and a half years or so, and then uh, my first pastorate, uh, God called me to uh, the Indianapolis area. I pastored Carmel Baptist Church in uh, Indianapolis, and so this southern boy was called North, and uh, enjoyed my time in the Midwest, 
we were up there uh, six and a half years, well, about six years, I guess, and then uh, received a call to come back to North Georgia, where I pastored Cool Springs Baptist Church in the little community of, of Tate, um, which was interesting because it was a rural setting, but it was right along the uh, I-575 corridor, which was really booming and growing at the time as people were moving north. And so we uh, had a lot of uh, growth there uh, in a somewhat rural setting that was was shifting uh, to more of a, well, I guess, exurban setting at the time. And then uh, after eight and a half years there, God called me to, to Fayetteville. We're on the road to McDonough. People get that mixed up all the time. McDonough's about 20 miles east of us, and I'll go visit somebody and invite them to McDonough Road Baptist Church, and they'll say, we're in McDonough's your church? And I say, no, 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 we're in Fayetteville. We're just on the road to McDonough's. <laughs> and so I, I hear that. I, I have to deal with that just about every week. But I've uh, been in McDonough Road since November of 1999. Um, I'm married to, uh, uh, to Amy. We met through uh, Baptist Campus Ministry as college students. Uh, we celebrated our 40th uh, anniversary this year. Uh, we had to put off our anniversary trip till, till next June uh, with all the, uh, everything going on with the pandemic. Uh, we have four children, um, and the uh, and then eight grandchildren. So those those are my home runs that I write about in my uh, in my first book. Uh, they're scattered. Uh, my oldest daughter lives here in Atlanta. Um, after serving overseas uh, in Africa and several other places around, uh, living several other places around the states. Um, my second oldest lives in Sarasota, uh, Florida. Three girls and a boy. My youngest daughter lives in a suburb north of Atlanta, and my son is an associate pastor at a church in North Myrtle Beach, so oh. I have a South Carolina connection. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I apologize that I, you had to clarify again the McDonough and the Fayetteville thing. So, oh, I, this that is was... a problem. That's, that's very confusing. <laughs> that is okay. All right. Well, you told us a little bit about um, your journey as a pastor how about how did you recognize the call to become a pastor well it's always easier to look back you know and see <laughs> kind of how god has led you than it is to sometimes discern what's going on right at the moment but as, yes. a, as a as a high school student um we were in the midst of something you may or may not remember a big strong denominational emphasis um called bold mission thrust yes. where the uh then Foreign Mission Board wanted to take the gospel uh, worldwide, where every person in the world would, would hear about Jesus by the year 2000. And so as a teenager, uh, you know, walking through the high school uh, years, but uh, trying to figure out God's will for my life, I, I really sensed that somewhere along the way, God might have a place for me in Bold Mission Thrust. I had no idea what that meant. I did not feel a call to the mission field at that point, even though I was praying about it, or to the pastorate specifically at that point. Um, but I was very interested in writing and communications and public relations and all of that. So uh, as I progressed, I ended up as a journalism major at Georgia Southern University in Southeast Georgia, Statesboro, Georgia. And uh, when I graduated there, I had a great experience uh, working there in sports information and uh, uh news writing and radio and all of, all of that. Um, I ended up being director of public information, my first job out at one of our Baptist colleges in South Georgia, Bruton Parker College. Mm -hmm. And so I saw that as 
a combination of uh, both my calling to full-time Christian service and my strong interest and passion for writing, communications, uh, working with the news media and all that. I was there for a year, and a door opened with our uh, what was then known as the Home Mission Board, now the North American Mission Board, our uh, uh, national sending uh, mission sending agency, and uh, worked in their promotion department. I worked closely with the uh, Women's Missionary Union and promoting the uh, Annie Armstrong Easter offering and providing materials, trying to educate folks about uh, our internet or, our, or rather our national missionaries. We used to call them home missionaries. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that that experience really uh, gave me a desire to advance my education because if I was going to advance up the denominational communications ladder, I really needed a seminary degree. Uh-huh. So I went out to seminary um, with the, the thought that, uh, that I might end up in denominational communications or maybe even campus ministry because I was still very interested. I was working with college students in our church there in Atlanta. So I ended up becoming a campus minister at a uh, through the Baptist General Convention of Texas at a commuter school in Irving, Texas, as I worked on my degree. And about halfway through my uh, seminary experience, God just laid the local church on my heart. Hmm. And um, I started, and, and other pastors might can relate to this, I, I would sit in church on Sunday morning wanting to um, listen, but I was starting to to preach the sermon the guy was preaching. I mean, he would give me the text, and I started looking at the text and trying to figure the text out and how I would illustrate it if it were me. And, and that's kind of one way that God kind of showed me, you know, I, I'm calling you to preach. Hmm. And so that was a surprise. Uh, I was not expecting uh, to go that direction. But looking back, I can see how God used uh, my Baptist duty unit years, uh, my summer missions experience, my communications uh uh, experience along the way, my uh, writing experience, and, and the different leadership opportunities I had through the years to kind of prepare me for that moment to uh, uh, propel me in a direction towards the pastorate. Wow. So it's kind of a progressive evolution mm-hmm. uh, where God revealed, uh, I think, one step at a time uh, where he was leading me. Exactly. I think that he he does that because he wants to watch in um, see our obedience with each step because he's not going to give us the whole picture at one time. So we have to be obedient with every step that he opens up for us. And I think um, even young people listening, hopefully to this podcast today would help them understand that every step they take as they are searching for um, God's will in their life is that his will is right where you are sometimes, and he will reveal more and more of it as you move forward. Um, Absolutely. Yes. So, so what was your focus when you did your doctorate study? Because I know everybody has to zone in on some specific area. Where Where was your heart when you did your doctorate? Well, the uh, doctorate I did, the doctor of ministry, is very, very uh, local church centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're trying to address a, uh, uh, I hate to use the word problem, but a uh, stressor or a, a need or you're trying to figure out a way to strengthen the church where you're serving. And so um, with all the, the growth happening in the community, um, the, the, the adjoining county, Cherokee County's Chamber of Commerce slogan at that time was where Metro is meeting the mountains. Mm. And so as people were moving out, a lot of city folks were moving out and mingling with uh, uh, with folks who'd been there forever and ever. And there's a lot of 
things going on in the community as people were adjusting to growth and new ideas coming in. And, and of course, that was, you know, spilling over into church life. And so um, I was very interested in, in church health and in church growth and did a project uh, that, uh, that the intention was, my heart was, to help our church address the various stressors that we were facing as, as uh, well, the stress that growth brings. You know, churches, just uh-huh. like individuals, just like families, churches go through periods of stress, too. Right. And, uh, you know, we have to make adjustments. We have to learn how to deal with change. We have to learn how to deal with conflict in a healthy manner. And um, so my doctoral project dealt with, with a lot of that kind of, uh, uh, of stuff to help the church uh, try to make it through uh, these changes we were facing. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, well, I know that uh, people put pastors sort of on a pedestal and think that they are totally different from, you know, just the ordinary, everyday uh, churchgoer or, or person in the community. Um, but you guys are real people and you're navigating real faith and real life, just like we are. And um, I know that God holds, because of your position, holds you in a, a higher standard. But at the same time, we know that you do struggle with um, the, the faith stressors from time to time. So would you define what faith is and explain how this key ingredient of the Christian life impacts your personal life every day? Well, that's a great question. Um, I, I have sort of a, a simple definition of, of what faith means to me, and I would say it's having full confidence in God mm-hmm. and living like you have full confidence in God, uh-huh. um, in God's power, in God's wisdom, uh, God's goodness, his, his timing. You know, he's a good, good father, and he wants the best for us. So we simply need to place our, our trust in Him. Um, faith is believing God can do what He says He can do. Mm. And He will do so uh, in His timing um, because He's sovereign and He knows what's best. And so therefore we need to live accordingly, uh, trusting in Him each day. And, and I like what you said a moment ago. Um, we need to obey God today so He can lead us into tomorrow. Yes. Um, we need to trust him with today because he is uh, he's he's got tomorrow in his hands, and we can we can trust him because he's he's so he's so good and he cares for us so much. True. So, how does that um, play out in the life of Doctor David Chancy every day? How does faith how how do you infuse that into every area of your life? Well, I, early on. As I was uh, working through my call to ministry, even way back then, one of the verses, I wouldn't say it's a life verse, but it really made an impact on me. It's such a simple verse, um, but it, it has such meaning. It's, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Hmm. And so every morning, Lord, help me to walk by faith today. Help me to live in your strength today. Help me to know your wisdom today. Help me to be in the center of your will today. Help me not to step one iota outside of what your will is uh, for my life because I want to be a person of faith. And and so I try to start my day with that, um, with, with that approach and that prayer. 
Mm-hmm. And as I go throughout the day, I just um, try my best to trust in God with every situation and every situation, circumstance that, that comes my way. I think that's an intentional decision that we have to make. We have to deliberately say, God, I am going to trust you with this. Because the natural thing to, to do, as you know, is to uh, suddenly slip into our own understanding, to suddenly slip into uh, to worry. Um and, and to slip into the flesh and and what that means um, that's not pleasing to God I mean with with uh, anxiety or or uh, getting uh, in a hurry getting ahead of God or whatever it's so easy to get ahead of God even mm-hmm. as a pastor and so um, I try to I try to let trust I try I try to walk by faith so that fear won't won't stand a chance oh love it and I try to trust so that worry uh, can't invade my life. But as you said, I'm human. Mm-hmm. So there are those moments, you know, um, but, but uh, I try my best to, to glorify God by, by trusting him and walking by faith instead of by sight and not giving Satan a chance to, to let fear invade my life and worry. That's great. Um, just listening to you talk, I was thinking that, you know, when we are discussing faith, um, it's actually a mindset. It's a conscious mindset of, of believing and walking and trusting every step of the way. And it's something we have to be aware of every single day um, as, we, as we move along the salvation journey. Um, Absolutely. Yes. So let's let's move towards um, your sermon series that you are preaching right now during the middle of this pandemic, COVID nineteen, unprecedented, uncharted waters, as everybody talks about. Um, it kind of caught my attention because your question um, in some of the sermons I've listened to is, "What if this is a spiritual awakening?" through a pandemic um so tell us how what has the holy spirit been speaking to your heart during this time well as we were going through and we being every one of us um living through this together as as americans and as as global citizens as this thing started unfolding back in march um obviously it was a very overwhelming experience um, as the news uh, piled on every day with some new development that just seemed like things were getting worse and worse. And then as we had to make the, the, the hard, critical, stressful decision about closing um, and, and you know putting our people's welfare, our congregation's welfare in the forefront, I was praying, you know, God, what word do you have for us at, at a time like this? Um, what where do we need to go preaching wise? And, and, uh, he laid second Chronicles seven fourteen on my heart. Um, and just the thought came, uh, you know, what if, what if this is, um, what if this is our wake up call? Mm. What if this is America's wake up call? Um, I, I like what you put in your blog. In fact, I'm going to be, uh, quoting it in my last sermon, um, uh, coming up the, uh, the 14th of June. Wow. Um, uh, 
you know, God, God says, may I have your attention, please? And, and that's, that's exactly what I feel like has happened. Now, the question is, are we paying attention mm, to, yes. uh, to what he's trying to, you know, are we giving him our full attention? So I've preached on Second Chronicles seven fourteen before as we were in revival preparation time or, or uh, just in general. I've uh, referenced it many, many, many times, but I've never uh, taken it and uh, seen eight sermons come out of it. Wow. Uh, uh, eight weeks. Of course, we had Easter thrown in there. We had Mother's Day thrown in there. And, uh, well, actually, I guess I started Sunday after Easter. So Mother's Day was in there. So I've been in this, you know, the last nine weeks, uh, with the exception of Mother's Day, we've been doing uh, what I've called the Pandemic Awakening of 2020. Hmm. And I went through uh, the four uh, actions that God calls us to uh, humble ourselves. We spent a sermon on that. Pray. Uh, we talked about I used Nehemiah and his prayer, his burden, his fervency, his urgency. Um, uh, seek my face. We talked about exactly what that means. And then I spent three weeks on turn from our wicked ways. Mm. I looked at it from an Old Testament standpoint, from a New Testament standpoint, and uh, I can't remember any time in my ministry that I preached on repentance three weeks in a row. And um, and so then we moved uh, yesterday into uh, God's response. We'll forgive your sins. Uh, we'll, hear, we'll hear your prayer. We'll hear from heaven. So we talked about that. And then this last sermon is, um, I'm combining the two. We'll forgive your sins and we'll uh, heal your land. Talk about what that means. Wow. So that's been a, a very meaningful uh, sermon series to me. Mm-hmm. I just pray as we have gotten beyond the initial shock and the initial sense of feeling overwhelmed, and now people seem to be getting back to normal, so to speak. Um, I just pray that uh, folks will pay attention as God tries to use this to to get our attention. Well, I love it. I um, I love how you said you've preached on it numerous of numerous times, but that God actually gave you eight sermons out of this one verse. And I, I don't think we hear enough about repentance and for, you know, sometimes it takes a crisis for us, for, for God to bring us to our knees. And, um, this is, I don't think we should ever, um, just, you know, casually, walk through a crisis because any any time God um, is is showing us a way that we need him you know specifically um, in, in direction in our lives is many times through crisis not necessarily a global one it could be a personal one and but God's faithful and he wants us to call on him for help and to repent from anything that's hindering our walk with him. So yesterday, um, when I was listening to your sermon on, uh, basically, you, you talked a lot about prayer and the sin of prayerlessness and not praying and not believing that God can answer prayers. And that really struck me um, how prayer is vital to strengthening our faith. Um, it speaks to the core of what we truly believe about God. So I wanted to ask you um, to to explain a little bit about what it means to pray fervently and to pray without ceasing. 
Well, for me, praying without ceasing, let me just talk about how I try to approach it. So mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and and uh, read my scripture and my devotionals, and and then uh, oftentimes, this, this may work for some folks, maybe it doesn't, but I'm a runner, mm-hmm. and so, so God and I go running, uh-huh. and I, uh, I, I pray through our regular uh, things that I pray for every day, but then I pray uh, as we run for, uh, for other things that are on my mind or that God brings to mind or whatever, and then I still have my prayer list on paper and all of that that I pray through, but that's just the start, because when you pray without ceasing, you never hang up the phone. I mean, you never disconnect. Mm. And so uh, at any moment, at any time during the day, I may lift up a a word of praise, a word of thanks, or a word of intercession, uh, or a a plea for guidance. Uh, And so we're we're just sort of in in touch and interacting. Of course, God's putting thoughts on my mind and my heart uh, uh, as we go throughout the day. So... um, to me, that's what it means to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still, even though I'm preaching it, now this is a confession, I guess, <laughs> or maybe it's some honesty, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out at what point uh, our prayers become fervent and um, intense. I think I think one of the things that James is saying, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, I think when I was talking about Nehemiah's fervency and his urgency, um, I think so many times we just go through the motions of, uh, of having a conversation with God, and, and I don't know if our heart's really into it. Oh. In other words, uh, we've got to, we, and I don't want to sound like I'm casting judgment because I don't have a perfect prayer life, <laughs> but we, we've got to get beyond just saying words mm. and really, really putting energy and fervency into um, joining with God to, to move heaven and earth to get people saved or to get that relative healed or, or, or whatever it is we're praying for. And so I think it's, uh, I think it's more than just a, a repeating of words. Um, I think it's something that we really need to put energy into. Exactly. And I, I love your um, illustration of not disconnecting because when we are in an attitude of prayer every single day, that. Um, it just it just keeps that communication open and we it's just we talk for a while and it's like sitting in a room with somebody that you love and adore but you're not necessarily speaking something out loud but you are open to communicate with them at any minute and um, and he's always there to listen and you know it's not that he ever um, moves away from us but we're the ones who move away from him and he says draw near to me and i will draw near to you and um i think prayer has has gotten a a bum rap sometimes and we don't talk about it enough we don't spend enough time doing it and especially even as the body of christ spending time in worship um in prayer and i think um just for my own um, heart, I would love to see churches and the bodies do more of that uh, together and being of one mind and one spirit um, through prayer, um, even on Sunday mornings. So um, thank you for sharing your heart with that and your, your sermon series is so spot on and I really appreciate what you're doing there. 
Well, thank you. And I, you know, one more thought came to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we, we never run, run out of range or out of sales service. I mean, our calls <laughs> never drop. And there's oh. never a, a blank spot, you know. I mean, God's always there. And he does hear our prayer now. Uh, we talked yesterday about hindrances to prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the, uh, the hindrances to prayer is on our end. It's not on God's end. Yes, for sure. And every hindrance I believe you spoke of is is a specific sin um, that you categorize under prayer. And it was it was really really awesome. I encourage everybody to go and take a listen at um, it's McDonough Road Baptist dot org. Yeah, McDonough Road R O A D dot org. Gotcha. And um, now that the, the uh, watching selections. Uh, the audio is archived on there mm-hmm. um, under the listen tab, but the, the uh, YouTube and the uh, web stream aren't archived yet. That's just live, but you can find us on the Facebook page. So if you go to McDonough Road Baptist Church slash MRBC, uh, you should be able to access these uh, sermons that were recorded from the service, and then you can access the audio on the website itself. Great. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what actually connected us to begin with. And this is your new book project. Um, And I want you to share a little bit about that and who you have. um, Who's your audience for this particular book? Well, I've uh, had some writing dreams that uh, I've uh, wanted to pursue once I finally figured out how to somewhat how to get from point A to point B. (laughs) And... um, I have a, a large collection of Christmas material, sermons I've preached, uh, stories that I've collected through the years. Um, I, I'm just kind of a, a, a Christmas nut. Um, I would be Clark Griswold if my, life, if my wife would allow me to as far as decorating and so forth. I just uh, really, really enjoy Christmas, and I enjoy preaching about Christmas. I know a lot of my pastor friends, if they're in a series, they will just continue their series and maybe preach one sermon on Christmas. Um, but boy, once that Sunday after Thanksgiving hits, however the calendar falls, uh, those four Sundays before Christmas, I I try to uh, uh, preach four sermons plus Christmas Eve and sometimes a sermon after Christmas. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take some of those uh, favorite sermons and put them in a book and then some of those amazing Christmas stories uh, and add that into the book. And then I have a, uh, a preaching professor friend uh, who taught many, many years at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary who uh, led a workshop for me uh, in North Georgia when I was in that pastorate up there. Uh, I brought him in, and he, uh, our pastors came together over a couple of associations of churches, and, and he led a workshop on getting ready for Christmas. So I asked him if I could include some of his outlines in Section 3. And so it, it's really a, uh, just a, a collection of, of uh, Christmas material that I wanted to publish, uh, self-publish, and I'm hoping it will be a, a, a tremendous help to pastors and teachers and uh, others who are looking for maybe a fresh slant on the Christmas on the Christmas story uh, or a, another uh, uh, devotional idea uh, to get the wheels turning as they do whatever writing they're assigned to do. But also, I think just uh, for the general reader. Mm-hmm. He wants to uh, prepare his or her heart for Christmas and dig in maybe a little bit further um, on some angles maybe they hadn't thought about. Um, it's got a lot of great stories. 
I'm always looking for a good story, but that's the writer coming out in me. Um, I'm always looking for the next great illustration. That's the pastor sermon uh, preparer coming out in me. So, so I would say primarily pastors, teachers, uh, devotional writers, and so forth, but then uh, a general audience also as a secondary audience who just enjoys Christmas. Well, that must be why God brought us together as friends, because I am a passionate Christmas nut as well. I love to decorate. I love to celebrate. People ask me, why do you have so many trees in your house? And I'm like, this is the biggest birthday um, celebration of the year. Why would you not go all out to celebrate the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Um, and I know that, you know, everybody doesn't have to put up seven, eight trees, but that is just what I like to do and um, just magnify him however I can. I just, I love Christmas. So it was an honor that you asked me to endorse this book. I am just thrilled and just humbled that you had um, asked me to do that. And I can't wait for it to uh, come out and be available before um, this glorious time of year we get to celebrate together. And I thank you for writing it. I think sometimes pastors and um, uh, leadership are always looking for something fresh to um, keep that Christmas spirit at the forefront and the anticipation and the, um, you know, why he came in the first place and um, anticipating his second coming. So uh, thank you so much for your heart and for your willingness to put this together. So well, thank you. And I appreciate you endorsing it. And hopefully if all goes well, uh, it'll be ready to release in October. Wonderful. And where will they be able, to, where will people be able to get it? Well, it'll be a, um, on Amazon for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we can get it on some other places. We're not quite there yet. Uh, and certainly it'll be available directly from me. Um, my website uh, is uh, davidchancy.com. Uh, and uh, my email address is davidlchancy at gmail.com. And so uh, it'll be on there as soon as it's available. <laughs> <laughs> got to get through the editing process and then through the uh, formatting process and all of that that is involved. And, and uh, our, our target date is, is October 1 at the latest. Wonderful. Well, I've been that route and uh, written a couple of books, and it is quite daunting. Um, but it is so worth the effort if God's laid something on your heart to to speak to people. And I pray that it will bless and will invigorate um, pastors and leadership to um, to really dig into the Word and to bring forth some amazing lessons and sermons on the birth of our Lord. So um, I want to thank you so much, uh, Dr. Chancy, for being with us today. It has been such an honor and a privilege to speak with you. And uh, I, I hope that we get to speak again. And I'm looking forward to actually publishing um, an article of yours for our next publication of Living Real. And I haven't shared that with you yet, but so surprise. Nice. <laughs> nice. That is a nice surprise. Yeah. So um, I really would like for you to be a contributing um, author and a writer for for the magazine. And um, so I'm looking forward to our ongoing uh, working relationship and uh, spiritual relationship. Well, that would be certainly an honor. And uh, you've been such a blessing and such an encouragement. And I really appreciate your help in uh, connecting me with, uh, uh, with 
with key folks to help this project move ahead and uh, just uh, your experience that you shared about how you got uh, uh, your books uh, together and all of that is just very, very helpful. And I just wish God's richest blessings, uh, continued richest blessings upon your your local church involvement and, and your ministry with, with uh, women and your writing and speaking and, and uh, the magazine and the podcast. I think it's uh, real exciting that you were able to have this podcast. Well, thank you. It has been uh, quite the ride with the magazine and now with the podcast. And it's just another step of obedience when God says go, then, you, you know, your faith is a little uh, timid sometimes, but I've learned over the years that I, I, I recognize his voice and I'm willing to go because I know he's got great things in store. So that's why we're here. Well, I usually close out in a prayer um, over our guest, but I really would like for you to pray over the church and over our nation um, as we close out today. So would you be willing to do that for me? I'll be glad to, Melanie. Thank you. Okay. Let's join together. Let's join together in prayer. Our Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for the opportunity to share together. And once again, I ask your blessings upon Melanie's ministry and uh, over every person listening to this podcast, Lord. We uh, we need to draw close to you right now in these days and, and trust in you and cling to you. And Lord, we just, uh, our, our hearts go out to uh, to those who are, are hurting and and those who are um, who are angry, and, and those who are uh, are having various issues related to uh, not only our our race relations, but also Lord the pandemic. Uh, those who may be unemployed, those who still may be fearful uh, of what uh, this uh, COVID nineteen uh, brings to us and the dangers that we may face. Those who are still uh, uh, who are still lost and don't know you. Your Son is Savior, Lord. We we pray for them, mm-hmm. Lord. Our nation just needs you in a in a in a bad bad way. Yes. So I pray, Lord, that uh, we won't get back to normal so much that we forget you, mm-hmm. but that you will use uh, still uh, all the crises we're in this this uh, unemployment crisis, this uh, uh, the the race relations issues we're working through, uh, the pandemic issues. Lord, these, this, this triple header, Lord, that you've, sent, that you've allowed to come our way, Lord, that you would uh, use these to, to get our attention, especially, Lord, the attention of the lost. Lord, may they turn from, from sin and turn to you through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Lord. Will you, mm-hmm. will you show yourself mighty and strong to them? And, and uh, Lord, bless them with conviction so that they may realize that uh, they are far, far from you and need to turn to you and turn away from uh, from from their their state of being lost lord we lift up our nation we do pray for healing a spiritual healing for healing on, on uh, for our health care workers who are dealing with burnout and uh, already uh, post-traumatic stress and and everything that they've gone through uh, since the first of the year and all the uh, issues related to uh, to learning how to deal with with uh, new realities and, and all this that they've experienced that they've seen up close and then, of course, for, for relationship issues, we pray for healing, whether it's a marriage in trouble, whether it's uh, uh, parents and children who are estranged, whether it's a relationship in the church that's hurting unity because someone's uh, not willing to forgive, or whether it's relationships between brothers and sisters in Christ who just happen to be a different color, Lord. We just, we just pray for unity. We pray for understanding. We pray for healing. And we pray, Lord, that you'll be glorified. 
as we uh, lift up Jesus and uh, just claim your promise, Lord, to, that you'll draw all men uh, unto yourself as we as we lift up the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time together, for this conversation, again, for this ministry. And we pray your blessings, Lord, upon our listeners. And, uh, Lord, so we ask all of this in, in the name of Jesus. We, we just thank you so much for who Jesus is and, and what he means to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. And you and all of our listeners have a very blessed day. Thank you. God bless you. Well, that's a wrap, you guys. I pray today's conversation has encouraged you, challenged you, and most of all, pointed you to the source of our faith, Jesus. If you would like to know more about Living Real Magazine, please visit our website at livingrealmag.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Living Real Mag. And until next time, remember, let's keep it real for Jesus' sake.